So do you love feeling like you're smarter than everyone else with the way that you're saving money? Yeah, like, I'm, the guy that, <laughs> I'm the guy that rips half paper towels in half. Yeah, yeah. My mom would be proud of you. She drains the ketchup bottle. But anyway, there's a way that I, I think I get so excited and act, act like I'm saving all this money. And when you think about it, it is so ridiculous. But I get so super excited because there is a car wash, brand new one, with really nice spanking new machinery and the vacuums are free. And they have $5 Mondays. (laughs) And if the weather's good and everything and my car's been been a while, I'll be like, ooh, I'm going to go get me a $5 car wash. I'm going to vacuum it out. They've got the free little rags and the cleaner. Well, I went through the other day, and they specifically on Mondays cross it out. It saves two dollars. <laughs> it's normally seven. I thought, you were, but I don't know why I feel so smart when I, I thought go. You were going to say like every day is five dollar day. No, no, but, no, no. Only on I, Mondays. I would do it for two bucks. I get yeah. excited about that. Yeah, but it's really not that big of a deal. You figure if you save two dollars on free on Car Wash Monday, and I don't know, like two or three dollars on Taco Tuesday, and I don't know what's on Wednesday, but if you do that all week, you could wind up saving Enough some for money. for coffee. Yeah, yeah, just add it all up, right? <laughs> Okay, coming up, be honest. Have you ever re-gifted anything? Okay, be honest. Have you ever re-gifted anything? Re-gifted. It's pretty easy to do when you learn that people really like gifts that are useful and practical. Hmm. In fact, by the age of 24, Americans appreciate a practical gift for the holidays. (laughs) That's according to brand new research. So then brand new research also says 24 is officially old yes because you're learning how expensive the right. world you is you want something fun yeah. you want something practical exactly 81 percent of us prefer receiving gifts we're actually going to use throughout the year and the top recurring gifts that we give and receive every single year thus the temptation to re-gift yeah. uh pajamas underwear who gives underwear? That's so personal. I would. Ne- I've never given anyone buddy, underwear. Buddy the Elf gave it um, to his dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, books, makeup. To me, makeup's too personal to, to give. Uh, gift cards, hmm. something homemade, and the number one top recurring gift: candy or chocolate. Hmm. Remember that time somebody regifted coffee to me, and it was all stale. Yes, you <laughs> tell that story a lot. <laughs> I, I wonder if that person listens to the show. Scarred by regifting from that day <laughs> forward. Check the dates, people. Check the you dates. You know we should talk about? Think back to even when you were a kid. There is no. This could be from when your first Christmas through your last Christmas. What was the best Christmas present you ever got? Ooh. Best Christmas present mm. you ever got. You used the most, you love the most, and, and gives you a smile Okay. I you just, think about it. It took me a second, but I got mine. All right, hold on to that, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll compare notes in a minute. So, when you think back over all the Christmases that you've ever had, what was Christmas the best present you ever, ever got? Was it like an evil Knievel stunt cycle? Was it maybe something a little more adult? Like you were saying, when you're 20, hit 24, you want practical presents. Maybe mm-hmm. it was, a, I don't know, a microwave or something that you and your better half are like, oh, we don't have a microwave. And then your parents gave you one. Oh, you're newlyweds here. Have a microwave. Was it something like that? Would love to hear... The best Christmas present you ever got. How about you, Kathleen? What's the best Christmas present you ever got? Uh, we got news that we were pregnant just after experiencing a miscarriage uh, in early November. We found out just before Christmas uh, that we were pregnant again. Uh, and August of the following year, we gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. 
Oh, that is the best Christmas present ever. That is. What a great Love story. It. Thanks yeah, for sharing thanks, that. Thanks, Kathleen. How about you, Tammy? Best Christmas present ever. Uh, when I was about eight years old, I got a big baby Chrissy doll, the time where the hair grows. Oh, and cool. <laughs> Taylor probably remembers that one. I don't, but that's so cool that her she hair would grow. Now. now I want one. Yeah. Yeah, and then you turn a knob and it'll go back inside. Because I chopped all my baby doll's hair off, so there was no growing it back. Oh, Lord, I would not chop her hair off. So we're chatting about best Christmas present ever. And there were a lot of great Christmases when... Uh, uh, when I was a little kid, and then also it, when you when you have your own kids, the best Christmas is watching your own kids open their presents, right? That imagine. that becomes fun yeah. for you. But for me, best present that I ever got, the one that popped in my, into my mind was my in-laws, Ned and Doris. Um, Tracy and I had just gotten married. We had no money. And I am, you guys probably know this, I'm a music fanatic. I love music. Had the big album collection, then had the big C cassette collection, then the big CD collection. Well, when I started buying CDs, all I had in my car was a cassette player. So they got me a, a portable CD player, Ooh. which was gold. For a now, music lover like now you? Now I could listen that's... to CD, and, and anybody that had one of those, you knew like to make it work, if you hit a bump, it'd skip all over the place. <laughs> so you had to like rest it in your lap. Kidding. Or, or you'd get a towel and put the towel on your seat. To absorb some of the the road, that's so uh, funny. Yeah, some of the bumps no on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's for me. That, what about you? When, when you think it has of to be, best present, yeah, what is I, it? I have to go way back to like I think I was five or six. Okay. And for Christmas, I got what I exactly what I wanted, and it was a choo choo train that went around on the track and you put water in it and it would make it look like the steam was coming out of the engine. Ooh, I was kind of a te- tomboy. <laughs> that, and that back, was like what I wanted. Back then, kids, that was pretty high tech. It was. Now there'd be an app for the steam. Right. <laughs> 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 Are you a little bit of a germaphobe? Then what I'm about to tell you may creep you out, but you're going to be so glad I told you. <laughs> you may be allergic to your phone. The average smartphone is so dirty, scientists are calling them reservoirs of allergens and toxins. <laughs> they say we could all do a better nice. job of cleaning our phones and more often to help us stay healthy. I even have a fancy schmancy gadget called phone soap uh-huh. that cleans your phone with um, ionized air. Okay. And after getting this ready for our show, I used it last night. <laughs> Seven times. I put hand sanitizer all over my phone and then stuck it in the phone soap thingy jagged, jagged, uh, gadget thingy. Yeah. So my phone should be pretty clean right now. My daughter got one of those during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And like in the beginning months of the pandemic, when everybody went lost their minds, it was like well, the second you walked in the door, my wife would be like, put your phone in the thing. Put your phone in the thing. In the phone soap? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't I believe know you if, never mentioned it until now. I don't know if it, it did anything now. or not. It was like infrared or something. I don't know. Who knows? Might have just been a light that turned on. <laughs> I have no idea, but we all lost our minds there for a little while. Coming up, is it possible to unspoil a child? Hey, is it possible to unspoil a child? No parent spoils their kid on purpose, right? Most kids have off days where they act entitled as if the whole world revolves around them. So is it possible to unspoil them? Parenting experts say yes. Here are some things you can do. First, you can stop doing for your child what they can already do for themselves. 
Second, set boundaries and enforce them consistently. That's the hard part, right? Give them chores and other responsibilities at home and don't reward them for everyday tasks. The fourth thing to unspoil your child, don't rescue them when they make mistakes or have setbacks. And finally, expect and accept that your child will be upset with you. (laughs) But don't let their words or behavior determine your family's values and boundaries. You know, the the one thing that Tracy could not tolerate like she could be okay with the kids being upset or angry or or that's not fair you know that type of response she could not deal with the kids going to bed hungry that was like mm. a, if she had a fault that was it like no they, standoff they wouldn't eat the, the dinner yeah. and like 20 minutes later she's making them a sandwich and i'd be like how are they ever gonna eat <laughs> their dinner if they know if i just wait i'll get something yeah. else she's like Mo, my kids are not going to bed hungry So I would love to know if other families go through the same thing. You draw a line with your kids. You say, okay, no TV until you're 30. You can't have your iPad for another, but for two months. Who's most likely in your house to um, void that punishment? (laughs) To say, okay, you can have it back. Is it mom? Is it dad? Is it you? Is it your better half? Give us a call. Who is least likely to follow through on the punishment? So who's more likely to give in, you or your other half? How about you, Danasia? Me. He's really stern in old school, and I'm like the more laid-back parent. <laughs> like, just last night, my daughter Bailey and my daughter Israel, they were going back and forth, and I told them to go to bed. Don't cut the TV. I'll just go to sleep. And they ended up actually not going to bed and watching TV. <laughs> uh, I didn't even go, <laughs> go back in the room, but they were arguing so bad. We were just like, just go in the room, just go in the room, go to sleep. In separate rooms, and they still end up up to like nine and watching TV. Oh yeah. man! So you you because your husband's the the heavy, you're literally going to start going. Wait till your father gets home. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. Like, you want me to call your dad? I'll call your dad. I'm always saying that. And like, no, no, no. Okay, I'll listen. Oh, that's, that's great. It, it sounds to me like you guys balance each other out. That's what it sounds yeah, like to me. You know, it may be frustrating for him sometimes because I do give in so much. And like y'all were saying earlier, like not necessarily giving in because, you know, the kid will know like how your wife waiting for the sandwich. They know like, oh, I'm hungry, but I know my mom's going to come in with a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. they kind of know like he'll say something and then it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, my mom will forgive me yeah. or she'll let me off the hook. Danasia, right. so, yeah. thanks for hang- hanging out with us and sharing your life with oh, us. Oh, yes, we, we love you. you guys. We listen to you guys every day all the time. Thank you guys. So we're talking about uh, parenting and who's more likely to uh, kind of avoid a punishment to go, oh, okay, you're... Yeah, you can come out of timeout early. Uh, in our house, easily my wife. And it's mostly because, and we are, by the way, a united front. We had that agreement like before we ever had our first kid, Kyle. When we do have kids, we're going to be united front. If one of us says, you know, go to your room for three years, in front of the kids, we'll back each other up. When the kid gets to the room, we can say, what were you thinking? <laughs> but in front of the kids, united front. And we always were. So Tracy, she would do what I call going nuclear. She would give the most like long, harsh punish- punishment ever. Literally, you're not going to be able to use the computer for a month. <laughs> but I've got homework to do tonight. Okay, you can use it for homework. And she would slowly Back erode the punishment. Yeah. yeah, And I would talk to her away from the kids and go, honey. Honey, you you have to have the punishment fit the crime. You can't 
like take everything away until they're 30 all the time, A, that's going to make us miserable, and B, it's just not practical. It's not going to work. And they're going to know, oh, mom's going to blow up, have some big, huge punishment, and then get out of free jail cards coming real soon. So just ride the wave and the punishment will go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. Say, say, like, here's, here's what I would do. I'd say, send them to their room. I'm going to think about your punishment. There you go. Calm down for a minute, right? Or half hour or whatever it takes from yeah. whatever three days whatever you know <laughs> ridiculous thing you found out your kid was doing and then figure out the punishment but yeah so in, in our house she was more likely to delve out a harsh penalty and the most likely to void said harsh penalty quicker than i was i was ready to ride it out with her no matter what hey um you know what it's like you give up something you love that you want to do for your other half, right? Like, I know a lot of guys that the last thing in the world they'd want to do is go to a wedding. But their wife's like, no, please go to this wedding with me. Um, so did you hear about what a guy gave up to take his girlfriend on a date night? He caught it on video. I decided that tonight I'm going to skip out on Tuesday night football and take you on a date. Really? Yeah. Yay! I, just wanted, I figured I'd put a break on football for a little bit just because I feel like we watch it a lot. Did you catch that? <laughs> Tuesday night football? There's no such thing as Tuesday night football. Caden kept the joke going on his girlfriend Mads for a long time. And some of the guys were hoping they could use the genius and get credit. But one husband said, nice try, but my wife of 26 years knows which nights the games are on. Uh, the video of Mads being delightfully surprised by uh, surprised by his her boyfriend's romantic gesture racked up 2.2 million views. <laughs> She's, you should see her face. She's like, really? Yeah. You're the most romantic boyfriend I've ever had giving up Tuesday night football for me. Yeah, racked up <laughs> how many 2.2 million views, but he's now looking for a new girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, a beautiful example of what you can accomplish when people work together. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! Love this beautiful example of what you can accomplish when people work together. 16 dolphins got stranded on a beach in Nova Scotia, Canada. But people in the area heard about it on social media. They rushed down to the beach with shovels, tarps, even sleds, you know, for the snow, and saved all 16 of them. One report said that over 100 people showed up. Even high school students and kids were there helping out. It was truly amazing for these beautiful creatures who, you know, if it wasn't for everybody, it may not have ended so well for them. Mm. I believe I was in the right place at the right time. I just love this story. (laughs) Dolphins are such incredible creatures. I heard, by the way, and I don't know, I I can tend to, you know, hear some of these conspiracies that Mm -hmm. it was a dolphin TikTok challenge. And the dolphins... Oh, they beach themselves. Yes. So they and can go viral. Yes. Uh, yes. And they see how long it'll take for humans to react. And then they sit there going... Because you, you, this was actual sound from the event. That's dolphins saying silly human. Yeah. Yeah. We're going viral on this one. <laughs> That's what they were saying. We're going to have so many followers. A dolphin TikTok And then we can challenge. monetize our account. <laughs> right. That's exactly what be, they were saying. That's, I speak dolphin. Dolphin so. influencer or an in 
Finthslucer. Like, insert the word fin yeah, in there yeah, somewhere. You, you guys yeah, make yeah, it work. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> you know, my family just went through a hurricane. I grew up in Jupiter, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I've got a little bone to pick with the whole National Hurricane Center situation. <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm a little okay. bit miffed about this in just a minute. I don't know how much you've listened to the show, but you may know that I grew up in a, it used to be a little town called Jupiter, Florida, right near West Palm Beach on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And my family just recently went through a hurricane and it was very stressful because especially my parents, like my mom did lose power for a couple hours. Um, but it was weird. It was after the hurricane had passed. Did they put the hurricane um, shutters up? Yes, like people my, do my down mom there? had just had her grandson take them down from the last. Hurricane. And then two days later, they announced put another back hurricane. Hmm. So he he had to put them back up. But here's my my complaint. When I was a little girl, uh, hurricane went through Hurricane David, which is my dad's name. Um, I don't like that they name hurricanes after real names that we use every day it's not mm. fair you don't want your name to be associated, associated with right. oh that was ian when mm-hmm. ian went through or nicole mm-hmm. nicole caused so much devastation i mean the only weird name they use happens to be my grandmother's name they did have Hermine, which was ironic <laughs> but i mean i'm talking like they have names like paula and sherry mm-hmm. and richard and walter and I think they need to come up with a different set of names, and I have the perfect solution. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. Other than real names. Yes. Something to I've got call this all worked these out. storms. Okay. So I don't know if you heard, but I grew up in Jupiter. We deal with hurricanes all the time there. My family just went through one, and I do not like that the National Weather Service gives hurricanes people names because nobody wants to be known for death and destruction. Mm-hmm. So here's my solution. From now and forever... We name hurricanes after Disney villains. Like, think about this. You need families, you need to really batten down the hatches because Hurricane Ursula is headed our way. <laughs> Those poor unfortunate souls. So sad. Right. So I mean, it just works. Here comes Cruella DeVille. Yes. Everybody run. The evil queen. Hurricane Jafar is headed our way. Hurricane Scar. Tropical Storm Maleficent is supposed to be upgraded to a hurricane by 5 mm. p.m. today. <laughs> Hurricane Gaston, Captain Hook. I think you're onto something there. Yeah, see? <laughs> Might be Problem something. solved. Unless, of course, if you named your child Captain Hook for some reason, then you'd be Right, upset. then it would be upsetting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do that. There's a phrase that uh, we all have used it, I think. I know I've used it before. UBU, I'll usually use it ironically or comically. When one of my kids is doing something I think is crazy, I'll go, well, you be you. It's judgy when <laughs> you do bit. it. Yeah. A little bit, but oh, it's, okay. it's good natured fatherly ribbing more than I'm going to remember that else. next time you say that to me. You be you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a phrase that has become very, very popular. You know what I mean? And, and to me, it's almost like a, a blank check to like, just do whatever you, you know, do whatever you want and there will be no repercussions. Do it, do whatever you want. And it's all it's okay because you be you, and I get it. It's meant to people feel good, probably when they're feeling down, like you know they're being judged or whatever. Because no one likes to be judged. I mean that that's awful when people do that, right? Nobody likes that. So I think some a friend will offer that as you know a, a way of making you feel better about it. But I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I would say find out who you are in Christ first, and then you be you, right? Because 
us left to our own devices, <laughs> it's not a pretty picture. Christ in your life, then things turn around. But before that, it's it can be a hot mess. I'm speaking from experience here, by the way. I, I what's what's that phrase? People use? Oh, I could drink him under the table. I had yet to meet someone that could do that to me before I met Christ. And then I met Christ and boom, all of that went away. So I think of me back then, would people have said, you know, being the in the spot that I was, would they be like, oh, well, you be you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You be you. And left me in that spot. So if you know people that are doing things that are like self-destructive or, or you know that there's a better life for them if they knew Christ, particularly as we lead up to Christmas, I would encourage you like share that with them. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to beat them over the head with the, you know, John 316, but just invite them into your life during mm-hmm. the holiday season and let them experience a little bit of what you've found. Let them see that your life is far from perfect, right? <laughs> yeah. But you've got this thing that's getting you through it called Jesus, called the gospel, and that that is the difference in them being them and you being you is a far different experience. And again, I don't share that to be judgy or anything. I was just thinking about that a lot this weekend and that whole phrase of you be you and how it's it's just incomplete without the gospel. Coming up, are you living in what you would call your dream home? Hey, are you living in what you would define as your dream home in a new survey? 94% of Americans said no. <laughs> I am not. I watch depends. too much HGTV right, for depends that. How, how big are your dreams? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Everyone has a different idea of what it would look like. For example, 28% say their dream home would be in the suburbs. 22% prefer a beachside home. 20% say a dream home is out of the country and another, you know, out of the USA. Mm. 15% want to be in the heart of the city. And another 15% want to live in the mountains. The most popular dream amenities, you want to guess what people um, say they would say is included in their amenity. dream home? Uh, ba, 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 ba. A big, huge deck with an outdoor kitchen. Ooh, you're close. Yeah, big backyard, home with a view, mm-hmm. large family room, a front porch or a balcony, a privacy. That's hard to find nowadays. Yeah, yeah. A hobby room. And a home theater. You know what? You didn't mention my dream amenity. Mm-hmm. No mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> Paid for. <laughs> that is a dream home. That's my that's my uh, dream amenity. <laughs> so uh, we were talking about dream houses, and um, you know, think about your current house. What would it take? What would have to change at your current house for it to be your dream home? What would you have to change? New kitchen. Maybe uh, request that your neighbors move. (laughs) (laughs) What would it take to make where you live right now your dream home? Give us a call. Let us know. Hey, Julia, what would it take for your current house, the house you're living in right now, to be transformed into your dream home? An update. Yeah, a refresh. (laughs) Yes. It was built in 1998, and it needs to be updated desperately. I know the feeling. Like, you got the, maybe like the, well, ironically, the brass fixtures are back. <laughs> so that came well, back around. This, I, don't have, I don't have brass fixtures. That would make me still out of date. You know, our, <laughs> our house was built, I think, about the same time, and um, uh-huh. we got our kitchen redone, and just completely makes it feel like a different house. 
They knocked out oh, a yeah. wall, made it really open. The uh, floors were really bright and like a honey color. And now they're a dark espresso color. Just we just love it. That's brilliant because your wife spends most of her life in the kitchen. Oh, she loves being in there. I mean, it's like the family room in our house. So, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Totally jealous. Now, the <laughs> only thing that would make our house our a dream home is if, if somehow magically the Lord could lift it up and move it to the mountains on about 500 acres, then Tracy would be thrilled. <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to put that part in there because that was a, you know, that would be a huge dream would be to move. I would just be happy with mine on five, six, seven acres somewhere else. Yeah, but we're dreaming, so why not go big? (laughs) Yeah, you went 500 acres. She only went five or six. (laughs) All right, thanks for calling in. All right, thank you guys for blessing us every day. Aw, thanks. Take care. We're talking about dream homes, and I was thinking kind of big picture on all this, and I think back to... um, my ancestors and like they came over on the, from Poland and and worked the oyster boats in the Chesapeake Bay uh, in like the early part of the last century and uh, what how hard their lives were mm. and then they moved to Baltimore City and like my mom grew up her and her three brothers with mom and dad in a two bedroom house wow and they and they were like we are so blessed we yeah. are so fortunate they're so happy and you think about how we talk now modern in modern times you know you got mom and dad and one kid. We really need a four bedroom, <laughs> you know, and it's like there were what six of them in a two bedroom house, one bathroom, and they thought we've we've arrived. We are living like kings compared to how their grandparents lived and stuff. And then I think the same thing. I sometimes I pull into my driveway and I just thank God, like, hey, thank you for thank you for having Kevin be alive in the United States of America in twenty twenty two. You know, but we have hit the existential lottery. Just being here in this time right now with yeah. so many of the things that we just take for granted. The fact that we get to live to be 80 years old, right? On on average. What is average? Like mid-80s or something. Back in the day, yeah. if you were in your 50s, you were elderly, right? Yeah. So there's so yeah. many things to be grateful for. And then I, I just look at my house and I think of like my mom growing up in a row house in Baltimore, really tight and cramped, and they thought they were fortunate. Yeah, we were just talking to our good friend John the other night about that. He grew up in Philly, and it was mom, dad, and I think, I, I'm going to get this wrong, it was eight or nine children, mm-hmm. and there was one bathroom. Yeah. And yeah. I think three bedrooms, which was pretty luxurious. Right. Um, and he said they had no idea. They just thought they were rich and happy and mm-hmm. and thrilled. Yeah. To... Until you watch HGTV, you don't know any different. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Until you watch Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. You think you are rich and famous, right? So, yeah, I just sometimes I I pull my driveway and I'm just I think about my great great grandparents and just the road that they took to get us here. And I'm just so grateful.